Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated, you never use it. That's exactly the type of system SimpliSafe has spent a decade fighting against. SimpliSafe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to SimpliSafe.com forward slash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's SimpliSafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to Franchise Players, your home for Triad Sports coverage. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Make sure you follow us at Tobacco Radio on Twitter or go to Facebook and search Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Pound that like button and get access to weekly podcasts, new episodes of the shows that you like here on the network, uh, articles and more. Had to touch on the Panthers because we're in the middle of, uh, I guess you could call it mandatory uh, mini camp here. So I had to go grab Elena Getzenberg, friend of the program, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer. Elena, what's going on? Hey, it's a it's a busy June, but it's hot, but I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it has, I would imagine that you're a little bit busier than you were this time last year, where I would imagine most of your time was spent in front of Zoom screens. So it's probably a little bit of a difference uh, covering the team this year, I would think. Yeah, they're keeping us busy. (laughs) It's a good good change for sure. It's nice to be able to watch the guys practice in person and kind of see some live action and that sort of thing. So we're going to get into that in just a bit. But first, I want to touch on uh, news that broke this week from Panthers headquarters. Former Panthers wide receiver Steve Smith will be joining Taylor Zarzer in the booth for preseason games on the Panthers television network. Uh, I I went and watched the promo video. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty cool uh, at at Panthers.com. And actually, let me just stop right there for a second. The Panthers social media has been on one like this entire from the draft up to now, they have stepped their game up to a level where I've always said like the Duke social media team is like one of the tops in like all of sports for what they do online. The Panthers social media team is getting there. <laughs> they are really getting there. Uh, I'm really entertained with some of the stuff that they're doing. Uh, I watched the promo video announcing the pairing and it kind of felt like the Panthers were announcing that Smitty was indeed quote unquote back with the Panthers for longer than preseason. That's how it felt watching it. Elena, do you expect Zarzer and Smith to take over the radio call for the Panthers uh, down the road here with McMixon announcing this is his final year uh, and he'll be going off into a a much-deserved retirement? How big is it that Tepper and the Panthers are welcoming back Smitty with open arms to this franchise? Yeah, I mean, I think we saw, you know, all of the people (laughs) that (laughs) wronged Steve Smith uh, for his interpretation. We'll go with it. We'll call that his interpretation. Yeah. are not with the organization anymore. And you have to believe that helps. Um, his relationship with Dave Gettleman is, was notably not great. Um, at least at the end there. 
Um, and, you know, I think we saw him get inducted um, with a few other players um, into, you know, his names. You know, he got that blue jacket. He had the whole, part of the whole ceremony there. And so I think we've seen him become right more invested into the organization, more stepping back into it. So I, I don't think this is so much of a surprise um, as far as the radio. I think we're going to see Steve Smith. Um, continue to be involved in the organization. I don't think this will be the last time at all. I think they're really showing. I would expect as we lead up, he is eligible for the Hall of Fame this upcoming mm. year. And I think the Panthers will be all over that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, and, you know, it'll be an interesting argument for sure. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more involvement. And, you know, it's a, not impossible that he could be part of the radio crew for sure but they are i think they're going to go through you know they have some time to figure out who's going to be the right fit this might be you could probably view this as maybe an audition for that sort of thing i think he'll be great in the role uh as a color analyst it, it was the, at the end of the video that got me where it was like uh welcome back smitty or something like, something to that effect where when i saw it i was like huh that feels more like this isn't a one-off type thing this feels more like they're trying to reintroduce steve smith back to the panthers fans would you is it fair to say that steve smith is probably the most beloved panther in team history at this point oh yes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think people really love i think a lot of people really love cam um i think you see that a lot around this city but i think that's a, maybe a more complicated relationship they're both kind of complicated in their own ways but they really I, are yeah. i think he's very very high up there for sure so let's get into some actual uh, football here. There were some small thoughts that wide receiver Robbie Anderson was not going to uh, be at this mandatory minicamp after he skipped the voluntary OTAs a few weeks back. Head coach Matt Rule didn't seem very worried about it when he uh, was asked about it. And from my understanding, Anderson was present on Tuesday for the first day of this mandatory minicamp. How big will Anderson's presence be for new starting quarterback Sam Darnold, who played with Anderson in New York with the Jets? What have you seen so far? Yeah, it's minicamp. <laughs> I think it's good he's out there. I think, um, you know, he kind of explained it to us today is that he is a veteran in the NFL and he feels like he knows what his body needs to be ready for an NFL season. And he wanted to continue his workout plan with his trainer, which if you follow Robbie on Instagram, he has been documenting. Um, and, I, you know, I think it is good for Sam Darnold. It's someone he's known. He's someone – he's the player he's thrown the most receiving touchdowns to in his career. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's good. You know, Robbie only – he got limited – he was only actually in there for limited snaps today because they're trying to check out some other guys who aren't going to be starters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, I think it's good. I think it's – you know, it's nice to have full attendance for something like this, especially as you go into the break before training camp. Beat writer for the uh, Carolina Panthers, Elena Getzenberg from the Charlotte Observer, joining us here on Franchise Players. You can follow her on Twitter at A Getzenberg to get the latest from training camp. She is actually there, uh, which is different from uh, last year where we were kind of getting all this from uh, almost secondhand uh, through Zoom and uh, the coaches just kind of telling us what was going on. And it's crazy to think that Matt Rule and his his team, Phil Snow and Joe Brady, these guys that came in here last year as the Panthers cleared out house, they didn't have this last year. Like They didn't get a chance to just be out in the field and acclimate the team to what they wanted to do. My understanding is uh, Rule didn't really even meet some of his players until July last year. So uh, I, I, I'm looking at the Panthers kind of with a half-full type of philosophy that they were able to do the things they did last year and not even have this segment of the season accessible to them. Uh, so I, I do look at them – 
And and I feel like they have an opportunity to do some things here. Now, I, I did see, Alina, some interesting names that were invited to Panthers minicamp for tryouts, including former Packers safety, HaHa Clinton Dix, and former Jaguars running back TJ Yeldon. Uh, what did you see from them today, if anything? And do you think or do you expect any of those guys to actually get a shot with the Panthers? Yeah, they looked good. You know, it was um, you know, it was kind of limited in, you know, the respect of, you know, everyone needs to keep mind, it is like playing in, you know, there's no pads. So it's yeah. all like there's no hitting or anything like that. So it's hard to say who really looked good. Um they both participated. They both seem fine, like especially on special teams and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think it's hard because right now you have to say, so you're better than someone on the roster because you can only have 90 players and they have the full 90 plus the five they're trying out. Um, and it has to be a position of need. So, I mean, do they really need another veteran running back like someone like TJ Yeldon? I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily. I think they have bigger needs. Safety, for sure. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, they could use another veteran safety, but then, you know, someone's got to go. So I definitely think those kind of guys have shots. But I think when you're looking at them, there's multiple factors that go into, okay, this guy's worth a training camp body um, and that sort of thing. So I think we'll see. They're definitely getting their fair opportunity here. And I will also would keep in mind, even if they don't sign these guys, right now that doesn't mean they wouldn't bring them back at some point in training camp that's something that the panthers have expressed um you know this is their opportunity to see guys and even if they don't sign them right away that doesn't mean it's not a possibility down the road now the panthers defense uh, they've had a massive overhaul from where this roster was just at this point last season uh, elena what are your expectations for the panthers on the defensive side of the ball they, they've spent a lot of draft cl- uh, capital on defense the past two drafts and really honestly if you look at the the defensive roster and go back and look at the 2019 <laughs> defensive roster there's really no one there except for shaq thompson and brian burns there, there were there were there uh for for the last regime and into the new regime really what are you expecting from the defensive side because they did kind of start an uptick at the end of last year like they were kind of starting to get it but they were just running out of bodies uh, can they be top 10 good Oh, top 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an optimist. <laughs> I'll say this. When you, you know, because I've been writing like previews, shoutobserver.com, um, lots of previews, lots of things on different positions and all that. Mm-hmm. And when you think about like where the question marks are and where there's a more uncertainty, it really comes down to like the offensive line, tight end, who's going to make the roster wide receiver, that sort of thing. But I think you, you think across this defense and like the starters, we can pretty much go to every position. I can tell you who's starting across the defense and like have pretty strong, you know, have confidence in that. And I think that's like a very encouraging thing, especially where this defense was, you know, a year ago. Yes. <laughs> it's not because there's not depth. It's because they've got really talented guys at a lot of positions. And I think that's a really good sign. I think safety for sure, like we mentioned, is a position of weakness still, especially with where how Jeremy Chin could be moving around a lot. Um, but yeah, I think this defense can be good. Um, I think it'll be 100%. I think it'll be better than last year. There's no doubt in my mind. Top 10? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> hey, it's June. It's, it's June. This is the time of the year where you can you can Listen. throw stuff like that out there and not be held accountable for it down the road. Listen, I think they could be I think they could be definitely the top half of the league good, which would be a big improvement from last I'll, year. I'll take it. I will take yeah. that. <laughs> there's definitely there's things to be excited about, and I really believe that. I think I'm very intrigued to see how Hassan Reddick looks um in this defense, especially opposite Brian Burns. 
I did see that uh, our friend Joe Person had just uh, posted on Twitter that uh, Reddick had just had like an interception or something off of Darnold uh, in this uh, mandatory mini camp thing. So take take from that what you will, Panther fans. It is June, but uh, it was I, a good I, pass by Derek Brown. So you got to get I, it. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to give a shout out to uh, Derek Brown and all those uh, the young fellas that are going to be out there. Now, uh, we mentioned Jeremy Chin, who was uh, one of the bright spots in the defense last year. He's an emerging star, came in second in Rookie of the Year vote. And, and honestly, I think he should have got way more votes than he actually did. Um, wh- I thought I saw that the Panthers have settled on moving him to safety uh, exclusively this season after he kind of played a hybrid year last year. He played safety, but he was in the box a lot as a linebacker. What do you expect from Jeremy Chin this year? Like, what have I, I know you've seen him limited so far, but just based off of what you saw last year and him having another year to acclimate himself in Phil Snow's system and get comfortable in one spot, where do you think the ceiling is for for Jeremy Chin? Yeah, so yeah, like you said, he's not he's not practicing pretty much at all right now. He's very limited, um, just coming off some off season stuff regarding his knee. So he's been kind of just hanging back, but he has been like in meeting rooms with the safeties, which is different from last year when he was in a meeting room on his own. So <laughs> Coach Al Holcomb. So it's a, it's a very different situation. Um, so yeah, they've been pretty open about this. He's going to play more safety. It's a position that can prolong his career. It's a position that they'd like him to, you know, they think he can play well at it. It's a position of need, like we've said. Um, and so he's going to play more safety, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be in the box. Um, I just, uh, he's still going to line up all over the place. How Phil Snow described it that I thought was pretty digestible is before he was starting in the front and kind of moving back, you know, kind of he would play back more and now he's going to do more in the back and kind of still move up. So he's still going to, you're still going to see him like on the line. You're still going to see him moving around, but I think his primary position will be safety and like I said the hope is that it helps keep him healthy um and they also think it's a position you know that they can, that he can be still good at it's just gonna he's gonna look a little different for sure than last year now the the Panthers ended up with 10 draft picks in the 2021 draft thanks to a lot of maneuvering from new general manager Scott Fitter who do you think Elena could be the sleeper draft pick for the Panthers this season with the large haul of picks they brought in now that you've had a chance to see uh, some of these rookies out on the field. Is there a person uh, out of those 10 draft picks where maybe before you weren't thinking too much of them, but now you're kind of like, okay, I got to keep that guy on my radar. Yeah, it was actually 11 because oh, that's, oh, how many, that's how crazy it was. It was I can't keep track with Scotty. He was all over the place that weekend. Yeah. It was too many. Um, that's a good question. You know, a couple of them have been injured, so it's made it hard. Terrace Marshall and Chuba Hubbard have both kind of not been practicing too much, although Chuba practiced today. Um, uh, <laughs> it's hard because they're, um, you know, J.C. Horn is a bad answer for this, but I just got to shout him out because when he is out there, you can tell he's good. Uh, and hey, that's, that, that's great, <laughs> especially at the position he's in. Yeah. yeah, That's hard to do at this time of year, but you can just, there's something about him. You can tell he's going to be good. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of someone else who's really stood out. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's really, they've all kind of been there practicing. There's not been like a rookie that I'm like, wow, I was surprised. Um, Deontay Brown is a big guy. <laughs> I will say that he is, he is a big guy. Um, you know, one thing I've been surprised, you know, I can't say exactly where they've been playing Brady Christensen, 
but there does seem to be some openness um, and they've been pretty open, you know, about how he could play guard. He could play tackle. Um, I think that's been interesting to kind of see and will be, it could continue to be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out in training camp, just because he's someone that they, they better hope works out because they pass on a lot of left tackles to mm-hmm. get him. So I think not that it's hard to see an offensive lineman flash during, you know, this time of year, but it's, I would say he's been interesting to watch. Um, and Tommy, Tommy Trumbull's had a couple nice catches that, you know, we've been watching how he is as a receiver and he's had a couple good grabs. I've, I've heard Trumbull's name pop up a little bit, uh, here and there. Uh, I'm so happy that, uh, that JC Horn, I mean, obviously he's our first round draft pick, but the fact that you <laughs> mentioned him first, I'm actually really happy with that because there's still kind of a, a contingent of Panther fans that are still kind of like, Oh, we should have drafted Justin Fields. And I'm like, they kind of told us they weren't going to do that. <laughs> like for yeah a couple of weeks before the draft or however long it was for when they got Darnold, we kind of already knew that they weren't going to look for someone like that. And then it actually went down and it was like, they didn't do it. I think it was the, um, the social media video that the social media department put out the behind the the scenes of the draft. That was really good. It was about 30 minutes long where you see uh, Matt rule basically go through the scenario one through eight to their pick. Like Tepper tells him, well, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, we think, uh, they're going to do this. They're going to do this. If he's there, they're going to do this. And literally he nails it all the way down to our pick to the point where people were thinking, well, they had to tape that after the draft. <laughs> he, was too, <laughs> he was too spot on with all the picks and the way they happened. But you can listen to what they were saying. It never sounded like they were really entertaining getting a quarterback uh, in this draft. So the fact that JC Horn sounds like he's uh, living up to the, the hype of a top 10 uh, cornerback draft pick. Uh, really excites me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Follow Elena on Twitter at a Getzenberg. L- read her work in the Charlotte Observer. Uh, it's charlotteobserver.com, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, Elena? That is correct. Okay, so go to their sports section. Check them out. They do excellent work there. Uh, we will be in touch with Elena throughout the, the offseason, into the preseason, and into week one. Uh, she gives us the lowdown on what's going on with the Panthers as head coach Matt Rule and company start year two of the Rule regime. I uh, appreciate having you on, Elena. Yeah, of course. July 27th is the start of training camp, so everyone get ready. And yeah, thanks for having me on. I might try to get down there if they're having it open like they used oh, to do. Is that, is that Wofford, right? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. So let me see. Yeah, let me see what I can do about Spart- that. It'll be my first uh, time in Spartanburg ever. So hey. I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> well, hopefully, hey, hopefully we'll get a chance to meet in person. And I'm going to see if I can yeah. get down there for some of those. So uh, appreciate having you on, Elena, and we will talk again really soon. Yeah, thank you. Coming up, more for franchise players here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Can't wait to see the Lakers and the Clippers or the Bucks or whoever in the NBA uh, advance further to the NBA Finals uh, and possibly put something down on that. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future.
Welcome to Franchise Players. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, here at your home for sports talk in the triad, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. You can follow us at Tobacco Radio on Twitter or go to Facebook, search for Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, there. Pound that like button and get all the latest uh, news, podcasts, updates on your favorite teams here in the, uh, the triad, the state of North Carolina and beyond. I wanted to do a little NFL roundtable. Haven't had a chance to talk in the NFL really since the draft. So I went over to the fine folks that believe and uh, grabbed a couple of podcast hosts who have been on franchise players before. Uh, Will McFadden, who was the host of Believe in Falcons, and Joey Christopoulos, who is the host of Believe in the uh, Chicago Bears. Welcome, guys. What's going on? Uh, nothing much, Desmond. Has there been any news with the Falcons recently? I I, I haven't heard of anything. Uh, just uh, big a little happening. bit. Yeah, just a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, as a Panthers uh, fan and a host of the Believe in Panthers podcast, I am extremely happy that Julio Jones is no longer in the NFC South. Even if he's 32, I don't care. Like, I watched this dude put up 300 yards on my team in an afternoon. So, uh, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Good, goodbye, Julio. I hope you, hope you have uh, much success in Tennessee. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, I wanted to uh, start off with the biggest question. Of course, it's Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, and Joey, maybe you can chime in a little bit here uh, to start us off since you're in the same division as the Green Bay Packers. Uh, just simply put, with everything going on, everyone knows the backstory. Everyone knows what's happening with the Rodgers and Packers relationship with uh, the general manager and all that, yada, yada, yada. Where will Aaron Rodgers play in 2021? What, where does your gut say Rodgers is going to play? Or is he going to play at all? Well, first off, Desmond, uh, thank you so much. Good to see you, man. Good to talk to you again. Well, yeah. pleasure to meet you. Um, sorry about Julio Jones, but yeah, let's dive into Aaron Rodgers real quick. Um, as a Chicago Bears fan, man, everything's going our way. And um, it's it's fantastic. So, you know, the part of me, the Bears fan in me says that Aaron Rodgers is still going to play on the Green Bay Packers for one more season. You know, the shot has been across the bow that he no longer wants to play. And, you know, man, it, it's, it's a soap opera. It's really is what's happening. I mean, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the CEO, Mike Murphy, called him a complicated person the other day. He's, you know, there's little barbs going on with Aaron Rodgers saying, oh, it's been a quiet offseason, but throwing little shots at uh, Gutenkens, the, the general manager. Obviously, it's been heading towards a breakup for quite some time. And as we learned from the Brett Favre situation, this is not going to end very well. It's just really funny to me that, look, Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl, MVP, I mean, Hall of Famer, right? Fantastic quarterback. But as a Chicago Bears fan, it's really funny that, like, his personality is a lot closer to Jay Cutler than a lot of people think. And I think we're all starting to kind of realize that right now. The only problem is Jay Cutler wasn't really good at playing quarterback, so they couldn't really get away with it. And <laughs> this is slowly moving towards Aaron Rodgers working his way out of town. I just can't see a world where the Packers cave. I mean, the Favre situation, that went on for so long. I just – who and who would it be? I guess my – I can throw that back to you guys. You know, who exactly would that team be that's going to step up to the table and say, we're going to take on Aaron Rodgers right now? Is it really the Broncos? Would it even be the Raiders and switch out of Derek Carr? Those are the questions I'm asking. As of right now, I think Aaron Rodgers will be on the Packers this year. But, man, there's an expiration date on that. I'm going to let Will go before I answer. Will, what are your thoughts? Where do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing in 2021? Well, I think it's interesting that that you kind of framed it as who, which is going to be the team that really makes that move. If I'm looking at it from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, I completely agree with you, Joey. Like, I don't see a team out there right now where if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I go there, I immediately become more of a Super Bowl contender than I was in Green Bay. I mean, this is a team that 
is coming off of back-to-back NFC Championship appearances. They still have talent around them for all of the talk about how the organization has not done enough to surround Aaron Rodgers with the type of talent he needs. I I mean, I look at this as a a team that maybe was one wrong fourth down decision away from beating the eventual Mm -hmm. Super Bowl champion uh, Buccaneers. And so if, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, like, and it's it's always hard, right, to separate the the personal relationship. We've all had jobs before where, you know, well, maybe not, but it, I could imagine being in a job that's, you know, quote unquote, maybe like a dream job or a great scenario. But then after a while, tensions fray to the point where you just can't stand being around the people. And I don't want to say it's that sincere. I, I don't necessarily think that it's it's that way with his teammates or with a lot of people in the locker room. That's obviously speculation, but it does seem as though whatever situation has has arisen between Aaron Rodgers and this front office, at least publicly, looks untenable. But we know how competitive Aaron Rodgers is. And I still kind of feel internally that maybe the best scenario for all of this to play out is, and I think Peter King wrote about that this week, is maybe come together for one last run with the understanding that 2021 is the very last year for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. It gives the organization a little bit more of a an off-ramp and again, from Aaron's perspective, I don't know where you're going right now. Denver seems like the the best bet, but do we really count on them to be any better than than the Packers have been? And also, by the way, do you really want to go and play Patrick Mahomes twice a year and, yeah, and that, be in that division? I mean, that's a yeah. that's a tough bet. And Kansas City reloaded too, on top of uh, everything yeah. else. You know, um, I actually I agree with both of you. Um, I I kind of that thought crossed my mind in terms of. Um, the Packers and Rodgers eventually come into some sort of understanding that this will be the last year that he plays for the Green Bay Packers. And then after that, he's free to go wherever he wants. Because I think, in a way, Aaron Rodgers has overplayed his position in terms of uh, the the leverage he thought he had. Uh, mm-hmm. you, somebody brought up Brett Favre earlier in this segment. The main difference here is that Brett Favre kept waffling back and forth between retirement, not so much wanting to just leave the Packers. We haven't we haven't really heard Aaron Rodgers say, you know, that he doesn't want to play football anymore. He's basically saying he doesn't want the general manager to be running the Packers anymore. Uh, he really hadn't even said so much along the lines of he doesn't want to. Well, he has told the team he doesn't want to play for the Packers, but it feels like it's framed around the, you know, if you get rid of the GM, everything changes. But if as the Packers, do you want to be known as that team that that buckled to the whims of one player for a, a front office position, you know, where you haven't done that before? You've never buckled to that before. I, I, it, it's tough. I don't see I do agree. I don't know of another team that Rodgers could land on now after the draft that would make more sense than him playing for Green Bay, where they've been in the NFC championship the past two years. Uh, the year before, they just ran across the 49ers team that was just simply better than them. Uh, last year, uh, as you said, a couple of uh, fourth quarter decisions pretty much cost them that game uh, against the Tampa Bay team that wasn't exactly a world beating team. They just, you know, caught Green Bay on a day where they had a young coach making young coach decisions. So, the, you know, something else that you guys brought up that actually bothers me a lot when people talk about Aaron Rodgers that Aaron Rodgers basically is frustrated from the lack of help that the Packers have given him. <laughs> I, I find that to be ridiculous. Cause like, I think back on it and maybe Joe, you can echo this cause you've had to see this kid or, you know, twice a year, yeah. the Packers have a loaded, they have a top, they were this top scoring offense in the league last year. They had a top three wide receiver in Devontae Adams. They had a, a, a top running back in Aaron Jones. 
if you look at the wide receivers that have come through there, Randall Cobb, Donald Driver, uh, I mean, Jordy Nelson, they have had dudes the entire time Aaron Rodgers has been there. That's not it. That's not what Aaron Rodgers is mad about. He's not mad about the the quote-unquote lack of help that he's received because he's had plenty. He doesn't like the GM. <laughs> he just doesn't like the GM. And it's not just one instance. It's like a bunch of them compiled over, you know, over a decade where Rodgers has just had enough. And I think he thought that he could kind of push the franchise to make a decision and hire a new GM and the franchise didn't. So now they're kind of stuck in this gray area where neither side wants to budge. Um, The Packers aren't fining him for not showing up for mandatory practices yet, but I think that'll be the turning point. Uh, in this saga, it's far from over, but I do kind of expect Rodgers to play in 2021. Um, let me let me move over to the AFC East real quick. Uh, in New England, is quarterback Cam Newton on the clock in New England with Mac Jones behind him? Their first round draft pick that uh, the hooded one, Bill Belichick, didn't have to do anything for, didn't have to trade up or give away any assets. Basically, waited in his spot in the first round, and Mac Jones fell all the way to him. What are your thoughts on Cam Newton in New England this year with a full off season? to get immersed in the playbook. COVID's gone. Well, not gone, but not the same situation as it was last year. What do you guys take uh, the, the quarterback situation in New England? I'll let you hit that first, Joey. Oh, cool. Um, so my my basic take on that was there's a couple of things that I think the Patriots are banking on heading ne- into next year, and they're hopefully it's going to work out. One, you know, guys like Dante H- Hightower are coming back onto that defense. I mean, I really think we're talking a lot about Cam Newton and, you know, there already was a report that Jason Stidham is taking the number two reps or the number one reps when Cam Newton isn't out there. They're going to kind of make Mac Jones earn it a little bit. For me personally, I'm kind of looking at Damian Harris on this one. I think that the Patriots are going to be that ground and pound game. They want to play you 10 to 13, you know what I mean, 14 to 13 games, 10 to 7. And I think they want to really slow it down. And you could see, obviously, when they went out and get a guy like Johnny Smith and a guy like Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, they're not expecting Cam Newton to try and complete a pass over 10 to 12 yards. And I, I think that maybe they try and get a little gadget oriented when they bring in a guy like Nelson Aguilar. But, you know, Desmond, man, you know this better than anyone, man. Cam Newton's a really interesting quarterback. He's one of the most fascinating guys I've ever watched where, for me personally, you know, the throwing motions, you know, always been kind of weird. The accuracy has been a little off. But, man, the guy just makes plays. And when you look at the box score at the end of the day, you're like, oh, that doesn't look that great. But if you actually watch the game – the dude makes the plays in the right moments. He always brings his team back, and he's a total winner. So I think the Patriots are banking on that. Maybe not the numbers that fantasy you know, fantasy teams want to necessarily see, but I think they're going to try and control the action a little bit, game plan it up, get the defense going right, feed Damian Harris, and hopefully just make a couple of shots and trust that Cam Newton, former MVP, can make a couple more throws than he did last year. Because let's be real, last year he was just terrible. Yeah. yeah I oh, Go ahead, Will. Uh, yeah, no, just to, to kind of piggyback on that, I think in a lot of ways, like Cam Newton was maybe on the clock the moment that he signed in, in New England and maybe not specifically last year, but, but when you look at the deal that, that he has, like, it's not tough for New England to replace him at, at least financially. Like they're not tied to him because of what they are paying for him. And I, I do think Bill Belichick is the type of coach who over the years have proven uh, you know, we're going to get the best guy out there. And reports that I've seen is that Mac Jones so far, like kind of is what we expected him to be and that he's very accurate. He he makes anticipatory plays and just kind of plays within the offense. I think when we look at the Patriots more than the quarterback issue last year, like 
they had five or six guys from a defense that was historic in 2019 sit out the 2020 season. And if I'm approaching, all right, what's our best way to win in 2021? I'm relying more on the defense than I am on the offense. And so then the question becomes, okay, do we try to manage the game a little bit on offense? And and I think that's kind of what you guys were, were getting at in that they do want to maybe win some of these lower scoring games. But is that Cam Newton's MO? Uh, you know, watching him up close during his time in, in Carolina, like he is as physically talented, even still uh, as anybody in the league. He His arm strength may not be what it was 15 but i mean who's has been <laughs> like it i i just would look at is cam going to be able to keep the offense on the field by minimizing the negative plays because if i'm bill belichick to me that is the most important thing that i need to get out of that position is somebody who plays within themselves and can really march an offense down the field not with explosive plays but just with the type of thing that we saw Brady do for a long time there in, in checkdowns to the running backs in thank you. We'll take this five yard out route. We're just going to stay in front of the chains and ultimately, you know, figure out ways to win because we're not going to cost ourselves the game. And I could see Mac Jones being that type of quarterback, even as a rookie. So to me, it's cams to lose, but I would say like the clock is probably ticking because I don't think Bill Belichick really wants to have two back to back losing seasons after the Tom Brady era. I, I just don't see any way that happens. And if the Patriots start the year one and three and, and Cam doesn't look great, I I think that absolutely a change could be made. I, I personally think uh, in regards to the Patriots, uh, when they drafted Mac Jones, this thought started crossing my mind because really, okay, when it comes to Cam, everybody knows Cam is probably my favorite football player of all time, say for, say, Bo Jackson. Uh, so I hold him in really high regard. Uh, he gave me a lot of lot of joy and suffering on Sundays here in uh, North Carolina. <laughs> um, I think Cam is at a position in his career where you can't depend on that fire hose of an arm to get it down the field 50, 60 yards like you used to be able to do on a rope. Um, I, honestly, I, the Patriots are my pick uh, as a surprise team in the AFC this year, although they really should be much of a surprise. With all the opt-outs they had on defense last year before the season began, people are kind of forgetting that those are coming back. Bill Belichick, spent like he had a Amex black card this year uh, in free agency, which they never do. They drafted a quarterback in the first round, which they've never done uh, during Belichick's uh, tenure. Anyway, I think they're going to do a two quarterback system. I think they're going to do, they're going to try to trot out a dual quarterback type system in the pros um, with Josh McDaniels. there as offensive coordinator. He has a little bit of experience doing that because he coached Tim Tebow in Denver. And I think they're going to try to take that, and take it to a different level with Cam. So picture an offense in New England where, say, Cam starts the first drive. They do a couple of regular, you know, like a regular drive. Then you might switch up and have Mac Jones come in or Brian Hoyer or whoever ends up being the number two guy. That's your passing quarterback. They're going to come in and they're going to run passing things out of that. Cam comes in as a change of pace. He can throw the ball. But like you said, uh, you know, Joey, that don't expect him to throw it further than 15, 20 yards down the field. But then the offense turns into a power offense a power running offense with cam at the head of it that's kind of hard to defend uh if if the patriots choose to go that route and i think that that's what they're probably gonna end up doing or see that's probably the best option for them uh to do that going forward um because i, I don't know if cam can carry a team all the way through a season because he hasn't been able to stay upright for an entire season since 20 
2016, 2017. So it's, it's been a while um, at this point. So I'm not really sure what exactly Cam has in the tank, but we'll definitely find out here uh, soon. I have Will McFadden and Joey Christopoulos, two hosts for the Believe Podcast Network. Will is the host of Believe in Falcons. Joey is the host of Believe in Bears. Real quick, guys, rapid fire uh, time here as we uh, close up this segment on the NFL. Uh, real quick, uh, I'm going to fire through some of these here. Starting off with you, Joey, is there still a trade market for Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson? Wow, great question. A short answer, no, he's going to have to play on the Texans this year, but then just fire that back up next year. And, hey, Panthers fans, I think you're going to be right back in the mix of that next year. He plays Ooh, the Texans. Don't tease me now. Uh, <laughs> Will, Will, who will start in San Francisco week one, Jimmy Garoppolo or rookie Trey Lance? Ooh, oh, God, that's another good one. Um, no, I'm going to say – I'm I'm gonna say Jimmy, but I think <laughs> I sound think, very sure. <laughs> I'm not very sure because I think Trey Lance. Like my personal philosophy is, what's the difference between starting a quarterback in week three versus week one? So I would be much more tempting to go with with the rookie. But San Francisco is a good team. They've got a good roster, and injuries really have have hurt them over the years. So I could see Kyle wanting to go with the veteran to start off with, and and bring Trey along as slowly as he can. Um, and best case scenario is, is you don't really need him too much this season, but uh, my gut says, Jimmy, my heart wants to say Trey, Joey, will urban Meyer be successful in Jacksonville? He will. He's got a player named Trevor Lawrence on his team. Now our, let's try and get our wrap our heads around our version of successful is I think for the Jaguars franchise going to a playoff game within the next two or three years would be considered a success. I'm going to say that they will go to the playoffs within the next two or three years, whether they're going to win a Super Bowl or not. I do not think so. But yes, I think all in all, they will call it a success more than perhaps like Saban uh, with the Dolphins. The spread offense is basically the the gift that Urban Meyer has bestowed upon football (laughs) at all levels, (laughs) really. Uh, He's the one that kind of put this together when he was at Utah. Uh, and then kind of perfected it at Florida. And I call a lot of high school football. And you kind of see this stuff happen in high school first, where whatever the next big offense is going to be, you see it there, then it kind of filters college, and then it gets into the NFL. Because uh, it was really five, well, longer than that now, eight, ten years ago, uh, the the RPO was the big thing in high school, mm. uh, out of the pistol offense or whatnot. And then I got into college with, with uh, Urban and all those guys. And then now it's in the NFL. You've seen it. And it's almost kind of run its course now. But it's still pretty successful whenever people want to use it. Uh, Will, who will be the surprise team in the NFL for 2021? There's always one that didn't make the playoffs. No one's expecting them to do anything. And they end up going on a deep run. Who do you think that could be? Or who's a good candidate for that uh, for this upcoming season? I feel like this is uh, this has always been the team that I'm I'm drawn to. But I really do like the the Chargers this year. Um, I, I just think that, you know, for, for whatever reason, they've always underplayed to their talent level. And I know that they've taken some steps to address their defense in recent drafts. I like a lot of the picks that they've made on that side of the ball. If they can stay healthy and, and Justin Herbert, you know, really can kind of continue the progression that he showed. I like the talent on this roster and they play in, in probably the toughest division. So like that may be what keeps them really out of the postseason. But with 17 games now and an extra playoff team, I really like the Chargers to at least be relevant down the stretch this year. And then finally, uh, for both of you guys, this question is for both of you. 
what are your way too early picks for the Super Bowl here in uh, June 2021? If you had to pick two teams, one from the AFC, one from the NFC right now, who would you pick to make the Super Bowl? Will, you want to go first? <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, but I will. But I will. Um, let me let me say. Let me say. Browns out of the AFC. Ooh. And, <laughs> and let and let me I'll say Seattle out of out of the NFC. Okay. See Seattle versus Cleveland Super Bowl. That's one that uh I don't think anyone would have picked, but would be pretty interesting to watch for sure. Um Joey, who what do you think? Here in June, haven't even got to regular uh training camp yet. Yeah. Who would you pick? AFC, NFC. Uh, to meet in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's 107 degrees right now in Southern California, so this could be heat stroke with my pick right now, uh, to be very fair. Uh, Two teams, real quick, that could surprise. I do like the Giants and the Steelers real quick as the teams that could possibly surprise. They're kind of under the radar. In terms of the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with, you know, because it is June, I'm going to go with the Rams right now because the Stafford vibes – I mean, it is it is it is a hot boy summer with Matt Stafford and Sean McVay right now. They are best buddies. You know, you would like to think that if he's healthy, they get an improvement at that position. That they're going to get off to a hot start. You know, they're going to get all the articles beyond cover of SI and stuff. Can the Rams win the Super Bowl? So right now, I think the Rams got a really good shot at it. And you know what? I'm going to be. I'm just going to be silly. I, I I can't not pick the Chiefs. Uh, Orlando Brown. Um, a Patrick Mahomes who doesn't have a, a toe injury, you know, this is probably – I keep telling people that Mahomes can win a bunch of Super Bowls for the rest of his career, but the Kelsey-Tyreek Hill prime years, we maybe only got two or three years left of that, and then they're going to have to reload with Mahomes with a totally different cast of characters. I still think they got a great shot at it. I'm kind of going chalk on that area, so I'm going Chiefs-Rams for right now. I like that. Um, I, I, just, I like the Rams pick a lot. Yeah, I, I, I knew I was forgetting one team, and I, it was it was the Rams. I always think people always think uh, I think the Patriots spoiled a lot of people in terms of uh, their idea of how big an NFL championship window actually should be. Mm. Uh, I mean, the Patriots window was 20 years. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Like, that's just uh, that's abnormal. Usually, if you really look back at like the really good teams, even like teams like the 85 Bears, their window was like three years, 84, 85, 86. That, that was really it. And yep. the, and the thing that derails it usually is injury. Because they're playing so deep into the year in the playoffs on these runs that eventually injuries start to catch up to these teams. It never fails. I, I think of one of my favorite teams of all time is the 99 uh, St. Louis Rams. And their window was 99 to 2001, basically. And then right after that, Kurt Warner gets hurt. Uh, linemen start getting hurt. The defense starts falling apart a little bit. And they just got older. And right now, for Kansas City... If you, it depends on where you want to start the window. If you want to start the window the first year they made the Super Bowl, cool. So that means they're in year three right now. But if you want to start it the year before that, when they should have went to the Super Bowl and lost to New England on that offsides penalty at the very end, then really they're in year four of this window. So either way, they're kind of at the edge of the current window in the NFL for me for championship contenders once they get to that peak. So having said all that, in the AFC – I think I'm still going to go with the Chiefs, but probably not going forward after this season because I think injuries are going to start catching up to them over there. On the NFC, actually, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. 
I'm going to pick the Cowboys, Ooh, he, and I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith in Dak Prescott's ankle, <laughs> and and the and the hope that Zeke's keeping pounds off. I've heard that uh, he looks fantastic. Um, he's only made one Pro Bowl, but he's getting paid like a top three running back in the league. So it's time for Zeke to put up. You know what I mean? He he held out a couple years ago for a new contract, and he's been pretty much dumpster juice ever since. <laughs> uh, so I think the Cowboys' the issue was defense. I think they kind of rectified some of that over the past two drafts. The NFC East is going to be weak still for probably one more season, unless you think Rivera is going to do something in Washington uh, with that defense that he's built over there and what he inherited, really. If the Cowboys are going to do something with the Giants down, the Eagles down, the Redskins still kind of figuring stuff out, it has to be this year. Uh, I'm going to go Cowboys Chiefs uh, here in June, but that's going to more than likely change a billion times between now and <laughs> the beginning of well, the season. I'll tell you, Desmond, if it is Chiefs-Cowboys, we are in for a treat of a Super Bowl because that sucker is going to be 45-42. to 42. Like, for yeah. real. Right? That's no, gonna de- no defense. <laughs> that's an all-timer. And then Dak Mahomes <laughs> going toe for toe, strut for strut. I can't wait. It's going to be like that old uh, video game NFL Blitz where it's like literally you're just going up and down, up and down, like no defense is being played. Six wide yeah, outs. The, the Randy Moss <laughs> settings of just like just toss it to Randy. Yeah, yeah. Like the X, the X factor in Dallas this year is absolutely uh, Dan Quinn. You know, and and it comes down mm-hmm. to how how Great good he ball. can do with that defense. But I I'm not counting out Washington yet. They got I mean, a good Desmond, front You know, court. you know, yeah. you know as well as anybody. You know how good of a coach Ron Rivera mm-hmm. is, and especially with the defensive side of the ball, I, I think. They've got some really interesting weapons offensively. Uh, I, I really like Antonio Gibson. Uh, you know, Scary Terry is is really good. So I think they'll be able to get enough offense. And they grabbed, I, they grabbed Curtis I, Samuel from the Panthers. Um, yeah, to be exactly. on that other wide receiver side. Yeah. And so I, I would not be shocked if Washington kind of emerges as maybe like a top five defense this year and is mid of the pack in, in offense and. In the NFC East, that absolutely could make it a, a two-team race with with Dallas, and it probably comes down to who can stay healthiest. Which is, feel like we just keep circling right back around to that point. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what it comes yeah. down to. The two teams that make the Super Bowl are the two healthiest teams left in the league, usually every single year, uh, unless you have someone like Patrick Mahomes who can throw passes while perpendicular in the air and hit people in the chest with them like he was doing in the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, <laughs> or you're or you New Orleans and you're and you're cursed in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, but they, they brought it on themselves. So that that's no problem. Um Will Joey, you can follow these guys on social media. Will on Twitter at Will McFadden. Uh Joey on Instagram at Christopoulos. You said earlier it was uh uh, what'd you say it was again? Oh, I'll, do it, I'll do it for you, Desmond. It's yeah, okay. do it for me. <laughs> uh, uh, Christo Poyo, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-O-L-L-O-S. Chicken of Christ on Instagram. <laughs> That's where you find me. You can find these guys on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Believe in Panthers uh, episodes will start again. I'm not mistaken, late July is where we've kind of pegged it for the new uh, season to begin uh, as training as mandatory training camp begins. Uh, these guys are on right now. Follow Believe at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Uh, they've got a podcast for everything. So definitely go and check them out. Guys, I appreciate you coming on doing an NFL roundtable with me. Yeah, no problem, Desmond. Thanks. Anytime. Such a pleasure, man. Thanks for bringing me back and can't wait to have you on my show for uh, some football talk in the future. Yeah, absolutely. For both you guys, just let me know and I'm there. Uh, Coming up next, more from franchise players here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.